0: Hello and welcome to the Grit and Grace podcast. I am your host, Tonya Bruton, and I am so glad that you're here listening again today. I hope this episode finds you uh, well and blessed in the Lord. Amen. Uh, today, I have an interesting uh, an exciting topic for you, for me, and hopefully for you as well, and a new guest for you, Miss Jamie Kirkbride. Um, and we are going to talk about uh, parenting, parenting issues, parenting, special needs, emotion, special emotional needs, uh, children. and um, But let me tell you a little bit about Jamie. She is a Christian and a parent coach specializing in helping parents raising children with mental health issues and struggling with the challenges of a child who is highly sensitive or emotionally intense. Um She is a speaker, author, professional counselor, parent coach, and personality trainer. Jamie, thank you so much for coming
1: on today. You are very welcome. Thanks for having me, Tanya.
0: Yes. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, your family, what you like to
1: do, what you're doing nowadays. You bet. Well, actually, you mentioned some of the things that I'm busy doing. However, the thing that I am the busiest with and enjoy the most is being a mom to seven blessings. And so I stay quite busy mothering, which gives me some really good experience and maybe learning from the, what do they call it, the school of hard knocks, <laughs> some mm-hmm. different parenting challenges. And so God has has blessed us so much with all of our kids, their unique personalities and Honestly, one of my interests is kind of studying and teaching and helping other parents learn about personalities because it's one of the best tools I've used in parenting. And so I enjoy doing some writing, I enjoy doing some speaking, some educating, but mostly just encouraging and supporting parents. When I'm just kind of hanging out at home, I love playing games and I love oh, I mentioned writing but not even just like work writing but just journal writing and Bible journaling is another fun thing that I enjoy so family time and kind of some creative work awesome I
0: love I love to journal as well and like I said before we have in common we both have a large family we both have seven children I think that's just awesome like I, that like- is you don't find that very <laughs> often do you <laughs> no very rare nowadays for sure Um, But, you know, the Bible says, you know, children are a blessing of the Lord. And uh, what does it say? Blessed is a man whose quiver is full of them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know about you, but my quiver feels pretty full. Yes, (laughs) for sure. For sure. But um, so I I had a look. What is a a quick question here, too? Uh, What's a person? What is a personality trainer like? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, you know, I became educated about personalities in junior high. And I read a book that talked about four different personality styles. And then it kind of broke out, you know, like how these personalities work. How do they think? How do they communicate best? And as a trainer, I was I had the privilege of going and being trained with the the lady who wrote the book that I originally read in junior high. And she just really helped us kind of learn the ins and outs of personality strengths, struggles, emotional needs, and plugging it into how we can use that relationally. So as a trainer, I would oftentimes go and talk to groups, whether it was in businesses, whether it was a group of moms, mops groups. Um, those were some of my favorite to share the personalities with, and it just really helps you hone in on what is my personality and how does that affect me as a parent, and then what are my children's personalities, and how can we get the best combination of those personalities? You know, God created each of us and each of our kids in such unique ways and he packed some real goodness into us and i think when we understand our strengths struggles and emotional needs we can relationally start connecting in different ways so trainers just kind of help you understand each of those pieces and helps you plug them in to make relationships smoother and parenting more effective that's good i mean cuz w- even with i mean
0: without um any you know a, extra issues going on um you know we all have like you said we all have different personalities and it's that can be very effective um
1: absolutely and you know i learned early on that you know parenting with personalities was like my biggest tool and that was partly why i named my business that because it really was such a huge piece of parenting and knowing what each individual child needed you know we had our first child and i thought man i am i'm kind of all over this like things were going smooth and i thought i must be a good mom you know i i can handle this and this feels easy <laughs> and then baby 2 came and he was a total opposite and all of a sudden every day we would kind of go toe to toe and it was kind of like you know who was going to be in control or something and you know i I struggled feeling like gosh maybe I'm not maybe I'm not totally on this mothering game and then baby 3 came and he had horrible colic and he screamed and cried all day. In fact, I was pretty sure he didn't really want to even live with our family. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I had to really learn his personality and and that he was much more temperamental and he needed things, you know, a certain way to be more comfortable and It really helped me remember why personalities matter because if I gave each child the same thing, it could totally flop for one and be gold for another. And so, as a mom, it really helped me plug into what does this child need to become what God created him to be? And in what ways do we need to, you know, focus on certain struggles and help them grow in those areas? And then, emotional needs became such a huge piece of it because oftentimes, Our kiddos start acting out when their emotional needs aren't being met. So when we have a child who's exhibiting those challenging behaviors, it could be kind of like that little alert system that says there's something that needs addressed. And so when we understand how their emotional needs relate to their personality, it gives us a framework of where to start and where we might move next.
0: That's good. I really like when you said, "What does this child need to become? What God created them to be?" That's good. And um, l- yeah, you got. So you're you're getting into from personality to emotional needs. And I've noticed some things, and I'm sure you have as well. Like you know buzzwords, I guess, in like the mental health community. Um, you know, there was a time when everything was ADD. And then, then we went through um, the autism spectrum um, buzzword, (laughs) I think, and then uh, now I think it's neurodivergent, um, which I'm not exactly sure what that exactly means. I've sort of got a grasp on it, but Mm -hmm. I also noticed too that uh, they're buzzwords for a reason because parents are seeing, um, you know, needs pop up in their home, I mean, I'm uh, as I mentioned to you, I, I have, you know, of course, all my children, all seven children are different, but I do have, you know, one that is very, has, you know, more emotional needs um, and issues navigating that than the others do, and so the same goes with, like, uh, my sisters, uh, and then my daughter, her son, and, and you kind of go along, or we have, you know, from when you first notice things, and then as they get older, and you're trying to navigate this, and you're like, is it personality thing? Is it, uh, why are they this emotional? Is it ADD? Is it oppositional defiant disorder? Is it the spectrum? You know, you're all over the place, and then, um, yeah, so can you share a little bit, though, about your personal journey um, with this, with these issues, and as a Christian parent, in particular, uh, navigating the challenges of, of raising a child with either mental health or emotional issues like um, and what led you to become, you know, a parent coach specializing specifically in this.
1: Right. Oh, that, you have so many good questions there. You bet. Um, Our personal journey is that we kind of knew when one of our children were young that the tools that I was using with the personality information, they were helpful, they were useful but I still didn't feel like I was very effective with him. And having a background as a licensed professional counselor, I had a feeling that there was more going on. I just couldn't quite put my thumb on it. And so I thought it was probably along the lines of ADD or ADHD. But as he got into school, as he started getting a little bit older, we started noticing that socially things were a struggle, that kind of the way he problem solved things was a bit of a struggle. We noticed that behaviorally, he tended to act out in frustrations. And it wasn't until about second grade that we thought, you know, we really need to pursue more than just the idea that this could be ADD or ADHD. And not because labels mattered so much, but because I felt like I really needed a grasp of what is the real issue and how can I best support him? in becoming who God created him to be. And, you know, you mentioned kind of the change between, you know, ADD, autism spectrum, neurodivergent. And I think some of that change has honestly happened as we've started to realize that we want to approach these things strength based. And so I think when we use the word neurodivergent, that tends to say, you know what, they're uniquely wired They may not be just neurotypical, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, God created them with this neurodivergency or, you know, neurodiversity, but they're uniquely wired and that's a good thing. But as parents... Our role and our responsibility becomes great in learning how do we work with that? How do we support that? Even down to the smaller things. How do we discipline or nurture that? How do we correct you know things that maybe are skills that are lacking? And even just different mindsets that we need to have. And so, as we started exploring things with our son around second grade, we started realizing that there were issues with anxiety, there were issues with depression. And we went and we, we took and we had him evaluated with a pediatrician. And, and you know, he kind of got it started, but he encouraged me to take him to an occupational therapist. And I thought, well, that's kind of odd, but okay. You know, I, at that point, I felt like I was a little bit desperate. Now, not near as desperate as I would be later, but at that point, it already felt really overwhelming. And so I was willing, even if I didn't understand why, to go and see this occupational therapist. And this occupational therapist did an evaluation on him. And as he was doing the evaluation on him, my son just sat and yawned and yawned. And he would be asked to do things and he was super slow to respond. And as a parent watching it, I started feeling this real frustration inside of me. And I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, he's acting disinterested. He's acting like he doesn't care. He's acting disrespectful. He's being defiant. And I could just I could feel these things kind of start growing within me. Well, after the evaluation was done, he, the doctor scheduled a time where my husband and I could come and just talk with him about it. And he said, did you notice how your son kept yawning? And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Yes. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't know if I should interrupt and ask him to pay more attention. He goes, no, no, no. no. I want you to understand what's happening with him. He said that, that, that wasn't him being naughty. That wasn't him you know being a problem his brain is wired in such a way with his sensory processing that when his brain is put to task it actually kicks into what's like a sleep gear like your relaxing brain waves and so when he's called on at school to do a task his body would rather sleep. His body is almost thinking it's time to sleep. And he started explaining some different sensory things that he had noticed in our son throughout the whole evaluation. And it was things like if he would ask him to jump 10 times and then stop, our son might jump seven times and then stop or 12 times and then stop. And so many of the things that I was judging and perceiving to be defiant or difficult or stubborn or unwilling, actually related to the way his brain was working. And it chokes me up a little bit because I just remember in that day, how eye-opening that was as a mom. I mean, I've parented seven children and this was something I had never learned about, I'd never heard about. I had no understanding for how this impacted his everyday life. And so, so many different things, whether it was with hearing, whether it was in um, eating, mealtimes were a huge challenge with him. He appeared to be such a picky eater and he would sit at the table and he would get really grumpy and he'd complain about his sibling who was chewing too loudly or the sibling next to him that didn't put on deodorant and they smelled bad. and, And all of these things that kind of tallied up in his day as being difficult honestly, we could link to different sensory processing challenges. And so whether it was auditory, whether it was tactile, uh, with touch, whether it was smells, all of these different things, even vestibular, his movement, his balance, it was all being challenged and making so many aspects of his everyday life difficult. So we honestly started working on some of those issues and realizing that it was much more than just like the ADD or anxiety or depression. And so it was kind of a journey from there. And then our next step became even bigger. But I know I've thrown a lot at you, Tanya. Do you have questions about that part? No, no, I'm following along. You're fine. Okay, very good. Well, by the time our son hit fourth grade, we knew a lot about his issues. We knew there was sensory processing. We knew that executive functioning, which is oftentimes kind of goes hand in hand with some of the ADD issues, or it can appear by itself. But basically executive functionings for our kids work with task initiation, with emotional control, with starting a project, but then seeing the project through, multi-step tasks. So many of the things that are that neurotypical brains just do normally, quickly, naturally, do without any hiccups, these neurodiverse brains can really struggle with. And so it was, you know, making his school day tough. It was making his behavior really difficult because as he felt the frustration, he would act out in that. And so we started seeing that you know, we weren't able to find a very good fit with his medications. We were doing counseling at our lowest point. This is, this is really hard to share, but I know that there are other families that may be experiencing something similar. And I share it because I, I want other parents to know you're not alone at our worst point. Our son was talking about not even wanting to be alive. He, he was so struggling that he would beg me, mom, please let me kill myself. Mom, please just let me die. It's too hard. And it was hard for me, especially as a mental health counselor, to feel like I couldn't even help my own child. And so we honestly were were praying our guts out that God would just lead us to the right interventions, lead us to the right professionals. Help us find the right pieces that we needed to support him in his journey. We had him in school counseling. We had him in occupational therapy at school. We had him in physical therapy at school. We were even pursuing counseling and occupational therapy and neurofeedback outside of school. You know, we were trying to fit in as many interventions and supports as we possibly could. And for us you know for every family for every child for every parent the journey may look a little different thankfully for us god opened up some doors where we could start working with some doctors who really understood his unique issues and we found out that he had this mood disorder and we were able to you know use some supplements work with his diet work with you know some different parenting strategies get a better bit on his medications. And honestly, his life just turned around. And within maybe six weeks of making these medication changes, and, you know, really working over the course of a year to to parent him differently. I was able to have conversations with him about some of those thoughts that he'd had about harming himself. And those were really tough, tough, conversations to have. But honestly, Tanya, those conversations with him started when he was just seven years old Mm -hmm. and to hear a seven-year-old feel like it would be easier for our family. If he wasn't there easier for him, if he wasn't alive, those were really sobering conversations. And I prayed, you know, God, help me know how to walk this road with him. Help me know when to speak and what to say and when not to speak and what not to say. Because as parents, we don't get the manual. You know, how helpful it would be to have a manual for, you know, if your child says X, flip here, you know. yeah. And, and you know, like we don't get that kind of help. Thankfully, we have God's word and there's so many good things tucked into there. You know, I, I drew from the strength of seeking wise counsel and, you know, talking with counsel talking with the doctors and praying, God, give me the wisdom to know how to navigate these conversations. And so because he had struggled so much with, you know, these thoughts of death and not being alive, we had to even come up with like a rating system, you know, when we would revisit it, you know, how strong is that feeling on a scale of one to 10, you know, how strong are you feeling that? And Tanya, sadly enough, he reported every day feeling like it was like at an eight or a nine. Mm -hmm. And it was so sad for me. And honestly, at one point, it had been that way for so long that I started thinking he didn't understand my rating system. And as I mentioned, after his medication was changed and he had been on this, new medication. We've been trying some new parenting strategies with him. We revisited the conversation. And for the first time in probably three to four years, he said, mom, I think it's a six. And I was like, thank you, God, for providing what we're needing. You know, don't let go of us yet. Keep, mm. keep you know, filling us with wisdom and leading and guiding the way. But, but there was movement. And it also made me want to cry because, Tanya, he did understand the rating system. His life had felt that hard for that long. And within just a few more weeks, we revisited the conversation again. And he said, miraculously, Mom, all of those thoughts are gone. I don't even think about it anymore. And I can't tell you what an answer to prayer that was. And it didn't come quickly. It didn't come easily. But I look back on that time and I see how God orchestrated so many parts of the plan in helping me find the right professionals, the right support and helping us understand bits and pieces along the way so that at the next step, we had what we needed and that He just continually answered prayer. Even if it wasn't in a quick timeline, he was faithful and he was present and never once did I doubt God's protection, his provision and his presence with us.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, Yes. And you said so much there and I wanted to try to see if I could touch on everything that stood out to me, but as far as now, bless, bless his heart. And I'm so glad that you guys got through that. I mean, bless his heart. I felt, I felt you when you were, when you were sharing about that and thank you for sharing that for, I know that it's difficult, but like you say, somebody out there, I mean, even me, but somebody out there um, needs to know that they're not alone. Um, I I definitely had experienced that with, well with two of my children and it's heartbreaking um one was due to medication uh, because we were trying to fit him into the box of what's normal in school so we put him on the medication and because honestly mine wasn't giving me too much fits at home um mm-hmm. I could work with what the picky eating um you know a weighted blanket, whatever, or his quirky ways, um, I kind of thought were cool really. Uh <laughs> and you know, um he's he's just a hoot, but uh yeah. but for school, you know, you have to you have to check all the boxes. And so uh, we put him on the medication and, and he was, he was suicidal. And he was, I don't remember his, his age, but it was like late elementary, maybe early junior high. So he was pretty young. And I mean, I remember I actually got a call from the principal because, you know, he had mentioned using a gun, like a specific, like a specific plan. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was, I, I we finally He's, he's no longer on that medication. And that's, we've, we've made it through that. Um, and then my other, my, I had a daughter that dealt with some, the same issues, um, but due to some, you know, circumstances. And it's just yeah. heartbreaking to hear your children say that. And we don't, you know, sometimes I don't think that we talk about that enough, you know, children we think that we have big emotions, but children have big emotions and big emotional needs and we should pay attention to them. But, you know, I was I'll thinking, just,
1: I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say as parents, it can feel so hard to hear that and even harder to share it with somebody to even figure out what to do. Like, you know, I, I can remember there was like some feelings of embarrassment. Like, am I not doing a good enough job as a parent that my child wishes he was dead Right. or, Am I am I not loving him enough that he doesn't feel worth living? I mean, there's yeah. some real um misplaced doubts and shame and guilt that I think Satan wants to really heap upon us as parents because you know, we can struggle in the dark with things and and Satan can trip us up so easily. But when we shine light on those areas, Satan can't work there. You know, when when we are willing to to seek help, to talk about what's happening, to shine the light on even those parts that feel so private and difficult, you know, God can can help us find the people that understand that have been through similar things, who've tried different things that worked. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, medication tended to cause an issue for your child. There are so many different medications out there. Yeah. And I think that that's what's so hard. Some help, some can make it worse. And if we aren't willing to talk about it, to seek help, to, to really be transparent in what it is that we're going with, we may not find the help that we need. And, and I think that that's what I really value. And you know, even you and I talking about this today, it's hard to talk about, it's imperative that as, as parents we start talking about it. It's not in every parenting group. These aren't just easy issues to bring up, but it's so necessary. I agree.
0: I agree. And, you know, I was thinking as you were sharing too, um, you know, you said your your son had a mood disorder and needed, you know, certain medications at some times. Well, you know someone might say well why didn't you just pray for god to heal your son from the mood disorder and why didn't god do such thing but but you went at it a different way and and it's i like that because um you said i i sought wise counsel you know the Bible says in James, you know, if any man lacks wisdom, ask of God who gives to all men liberally and, and won't uphold, you know, um, wisdom is the principal thing in Proverbs. It says, therefore get wisdom and all you're getting, get understanding. Um, and so you went at it, uh, you asked God for something different than what we would normally do, because why should he heal him of something that is actually, I don't know, let me, talk to my, about myself here like my son for example maybe i like and a, okay again earlier you explained neurodivergent a little better for me and i appreciate that um and i like that it's strength based because my son has maybe neuro neurodivergent and um, unable to function in certain things in certain ways that may seem normal to our society and imperative but he's also like this bright light he's like my mm-hmm. he's my best not best excuse me he's my most enthusiastic worshiper I mean in church he's in the front like you nearly during the whole service <laughs> um oh, no. oh how he, precious he, he, yes he, he praises mm-hmm. God com- totally unashamed um, he's the loudest clapper uh, he dances uh in 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 church in front of everyone and' what would embarrass most people um actually uh i get a lot of comments like at school he's that he's the school mascot and um he's always uh he's in drama we i, I after the play the other night, you know, he was, he was being, acting silly and every being himself. And I saw one of the other parents looked at him and she said, you know, we just love you, Ben. You know, you just, you're so um, animated. And, you know, I mean, the parents, Mm -hmm. I don't know about the kids at school. He may get teased some. I mean, but the parents, you know, a lot of people just, just love it. And so why Mm -hmm. ask God to fix something that's really not broken? It just doesn't fit into our sphere. So you, went to god um you know in a different way and and that's something i think we also that we don't talk about a lot um just in not just with parenting but any issue that's going on in our lives because sometimes trials need to be gone through uh whether you or your son or both or your fit your husband your family the siblings Mm -hmm. all get something from that experience you know in the end um it's Mm -hmm. never fun to go through But there's always things to be gained from it and you get through it maybe um, easier, I guess, is the best word I can come up with right now. When you do go, when you, and faster, when you do uh, go for that wisdom that God can provide through the, through people and other people's experience and knowledge and training. And so that's, that's what you're doing now too. And I love this, that, you know, God takes, you know, usually what we go through and, and and we and he can use that. He can turn our mess into a message, you know, our test into that's a testimony. Right. And so now that's he's right you to help others, and I think that's just awesome. So, I mean, how long have you been? How long have you been doing this? And like, what's your style of, of coaching or, um, in helping other parents?
1: And and what does that look like? You bet. One thing, before I say that, Tanya, I think what you you said is, is great. I think praying for that wisdom, wisdom is so key. And so many Christians are going to feel so different about this topic and praying for healing or praying for wisdom. You know, I honestly prayed for both knowing that God may choose to heal or not to heal. And he talks about that in the Bible. I mean, there were disciples that had thorns of the flesh, thorns in their side. You know, this may be what he has allowed our family to experience to shape us. For His purpose, mm. and from our pain, we may fulfill His purpose. Our pain may become the passion that fuels us in living out God's purpose, and so we can pray both for healing and for wisdom. That's good. Knowing that whichever God chooses to grant us is exactly where where He wants us to be, and so I, I just wanted to say it is okay to pray for both. And yeah. I, I just want to clarify that so that no, that's nobody, good. I, I forgot that, that piece of it, but yeah, absolutely. So, so how long have I been doing what I'm doing? Well, I originally, when I started teaching about personalities, that was, I've probably been doing that for maybe 15 years. And then I wrote a book, it's called the Yuzu and it's on child personalities. And it's kind of a story of four monkeys in a zoo. And through the course of this story, children and parents interactively figure out what personality their child may be. And so that was one of my first writing projects that just really I, I just felt like God just really gave me the pieces of that to help parents understand their kids better. And then, of course, as we started walking this road with our with our own son, at one point I was working in private practice as a professional counselor. And his needs honestly became so great that just taking care of what he needed felt like like a full time job. So I honestly stepped back from everything that I was doing. And I was busy calling doctors, I was busy researching, I was busy going to IEP meetings and advocating at school and at counseling and doctor's appointments. And I just truly had to kind of draw in, draw from God and draw up a new plan. And as we walked through those journeys, God revealed to me that his, his plan and purpose for my business, which at that point was, was parenting with personality was gonna pivot just a little bit and focus more on parents who are raising children who are highly sensitive or emotionally intense Or exhibiting those challenging behaviors and some of those kids may have mental health diagnoses others may not but i just really felt like god opened the doors for us to use our journey to help educate support and inspire other families that were going through something similar and tanya i'll never forget this this one night i was tucking in my younger kids, and it had been an extremely rough day with our neurodivergent child, and his emotions had just been really big. And I'll be honest with you, for families that that are going through the intense emotions, it can honestly feel traumatic. In fact, I have many parents I talk to that say, can a parent have PTSD from raising a really difficult child? Mm. And I want to say yes, that some of these kids, their, their mental health needs may be so great that it affects the whole family. And in some ways it may even feel like it's traumatizing your other children. Mm -hmm. And I remember tucking in my younger kids one night and I I said something about um, the other families that are going through what we are. And I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he said, there are other people that are feeling what we're feeling. And it just gave me goosebumps. In fact, it gives me goosebumps even now. He felt so alone in what we were experiencing. It's not just us as parents that can feel alone. It may be our other kids, our entire family that is feeling alone in the struggle and nobody talks about it. Nobody knows if you're supposed to talk about it. Nobody knows if you can talk about it, who can you talk about it with? And it can feel so isolating. And I said, oh, my goodness, honey, there are so many families. In fact, I belong to some groups that are support groups on Facebook. Let me show you. And I opened up a support group and I started just going through the feed of the number of families who have children who have ADD, ADHD, oppositional defiant, anxiety, depression, mood disorders, and He looked at me and he said, I thought it was only us. I thought something was just wrong with us. And honestly, it fueled my passion to work with families and support them through coaching. So my style of coaching relates a lot in education. Like, first of all, we just need to understand what is it we're working with. And the base foundation that we always start with is just an understanding of emotion because they're very expressive. They may be very extroverted. And if they're extroverted, if they're out there talking to people, you can almost bet that their challenging behaviors will be just as obvious <laughs> <laughs> and, and their emotions will be just as obvious and Likewise, if you have a child who is more introverted, some of their struggles may be playing out more internally than you might even see. And so I think it's you know, first and foremost, we always talk about personalities. And then we start talking about some of those executive functioning things that I talked about. And, you know, is your child struggling in any of these ways? And then we talk a little bit about the sensory processing and, and we start working into some, some important mindsets in parenting, you know, things like your child isn't giving you a hard time. He's having a hard time. Mm. We start talking about every behavior is communication. And I think so many of those mindsets are vital, but I think they they fit nicely with God's word. You know, it says in the Bible that we're not supposed to exasperate our children, that we're not supposed to, um, you know, cause them to stumble or that we need to treat them as as. You know, maybe even as Christ would treat the church, that we respect them, that we honor them and and that we nurture and teach them in those ways. You know, one of the best ways that we can love our children is to see them, to hear them, and to understand them. Mm. And I think understanding them means I'm gonna know these little intricacies about you so that I can help you grow in the things that trip you up and help grow stronger those things that God has gifted you in. And like you said, sometimes those gifts may look a little different for other people. It may seem eccentric. It may seem odd. It may seem quirky. But these are ways God's gifted them for the purpose he created them. Mm. And so through our coaching program, I just really try to work with how do you see your child? What are their strengths? What are their struggles? What are their emotional needs? How can we best meet those emotional needs? You know, the Bible talks about so long as it depends on you, live in peace with one another. Hmm. As a parent, I think it's understanding our, our child, understanding what makes them tick, what works with them, what doesn't work with them. And if something isn't working with them, what kind of supports or maybe accommodations do they need? And so through coaching, we learn about how to make those adjustments. We talk about discipline styles. We talk about how we advocate, you know, whether it's in school or in community or how we help them learn those things that maybe are, are skills that they haven't quite mastered yet and really setting forth a mindset that's based on validating and empathy hmm. and not sympathy where we make excuses, but empathy where we say, you know what? Before I make a judgment, I'm gonna understand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll make a parenting decision based on what's going on. And I know for me that I really needed to make some shifts in my parenting style. I I kind of came into parenting thinking that if you, you know, if you were just consistent enough and you did effective consequences that it would was all just gonna go smoothly. And boy, was I in for a surprise because you know what? You don't control everything as a parent, (laughs) right? You control you, you control your emotions, you control your behaviors. There is so much more that you can't control. And I had to really shift my parenting into a mindset that's, that, that operated out of I am going to help nurture them and disciple them and help them grow in how God created them to be. But I can't control that. I can only nurture that. And so when things are wrong, we help them learn to make them right. When they do wrong, we help them learn to do it right. But I needed to be less focused on consequences and consistency as I thought of it, and start picturing consistency as giving them what's best for them in that moment. And when you're working with a neurodivergent child, you always have to have your plan B. And so I really had to learn some flexibility. I had to learn that sometimes you can be flexible and still be consistent. And those two were hard for me to wrestle with at first, because I thought you were one or the other. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, just really praying through, you know, God, give me the wisdom I need for what this child needs. Help me grow in those areas that I need to grow in. And I developed the signature program called the Calm Connection Program. And I love the name because I think there are two things that are vital in effective, godly parenting. And that's calm, and connection.
0: Hmm.
1: God wants us to model for our kids godly integrity. And let me tell you, as a parent, sometimes we get really challenged in that. Right. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But I think he also wants us to develop a relationship with them that mirrors his relationship with us. And that chokes me up a little bit, but you know, we may be a vision of God's love for them as a parent. And that's a pretty big role to play. That's a pretty big spot to fill when we think of we may be modeling for them just a piece of God's love for them. And I think it's a responsibility that we maybe need to take more seriously as parents. And so, you know, through the coaching that I do, I do some group coaching, I do some one-on-one coaching, and this program just kind of walks them through these different phases of learning how to put the pieces together how do we make adjustments? In what ways do we need to learn and grow and adapt? And how do we put it all together to help them not just survive, but thrive and That's become all God wants them to be?
0: Amen. That's good. That's huge. I think this conversation is so important and more even more so as we get along in our conversation here and as, as we're talking. Um, so basically... What children need and from us is what we need from us to be seen, heard, and understood. And I'm just thinking as you're talking, you know, that's because souls don't have an age. We Some old-fashioned way of thinking is, look, kids are kids. They need to be seen, not heard, and they need to fall in line. I don't care what kind of quirk you got. I don't care what your personality is. Um, you need a good whooping you know what I mean um and it's just black and white um but in God's eyes a child um you know his that child's soul isn't really an age it need it has the same needs as and 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 just deserves the same respect and honor as what we would like for for ourselves as adults and um I found that scripture that you um that you had mentioned it's in Ephesians six and four where he's talking about, you know, honor your father and mother and so forth. But in four, he says, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so that's all. That's the key in nurturing them is to, they do need to be, they do need to be uh, seen and heard. They need to be heard. Um, That's the, I think the most greatest validation that you could give them. And you know, that, that feeling, just to go back just real quick, that feeling of isolation you're talking about um, that your child had mentioned um, or was feeling, uh, you know, the devil just breeds in that, that he loves, he loves to make us feel like, oh, I'm, I'm the only one that's done this. I'm the only ones that's felt this. I'm the only one who's experienced this. So I must be a freak. I can't communicate with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and why on earth did God make me a freak in nature or lay out this plan for me? Um, right. because I I am out here uh, on a sea all alone with you know with no one, because including God him, you know, including God himself. He wants to separate us from each other and right. from, from God. And that's I just he but he is a liar he's a he's a liar um and and that's why that's what makes conversations like this so important and um I've I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed this conversation with you today I would so appreciate you coming on and I don't want to let and I want to let you give your closing thoughts and then of course um I usually mention have would have already mentioned but I've been enjoying our talk so much I forgot to mention like how people can get a hold of you uh your, you know, your website, your blog, and, and, and if they have questions, how they can get more information, but, but, but go ahead and give me any closing thoughts you have before, um, and then let us
1: know, let us, the listeners know how they can reach out. You bet, you know, you can, my, I guess my closing thoughts would be this, <clears throat> in, in parenting, we are going to walk some challenging roads, but we know that God will never leave us or forsake us. We know that we can seek wise counsel and God has promised us that he will provide. And I just want to encourage you, if you are walking a difficult road with a child with, with emotional needs, with high sensitivities, you aren't alone. And don't buy into Satan's lies that you are. You know, shine the light in that area. Be willing to, to reach out, ask for help, and find the support that you and your child and your family need. Because God can use can use you can use your child can even use your struggle to accomplish his purposes and i just think it's so important that we as christian families be be willing to be more transparent with those struggles because god has promised to use them for his good and i think that you know he will honor that and he will bless that and i just i just hope that we can offer hope to those who are hurting, I hope that we can help any of those that are maybe struggling with some chaos, that you could just feel some clarity. And, you know, just recently, I had um, created something I would love to share with your listeners. It's called Behind the Behaviors. It's understanding your uniquely wired child. And it's like a 14 page guide that talks about some of the very things that we've mentioned today. And it kind of just breaks them down into, you know, if you have a child who is struggling with anxiety or ADD or, or maybe a mood disorder, you might see this or hear this, or you might experience this, or it might be impacting your child in this way. And For so many parents, maybe you need the information, but then there's another host of parents that are saying, I get it, but I don't have people in my life that understand it. They don't get it. And because of that, I feel alone. This guide is great for you to share with other people, and it helps them understand not only what they might see and hear and experience and what your child might be feeling and experiencing or how they're impacted, but it also breaks down how they can help and support your child in different settings, like at home, at school, in the community, um, on a sports team, you know, whether it's your child that's struggling or some other child around your child. This information can be so useful. And it talks about some of the mindsets that we talked about today. And and I would just love to offer it. It's just a a free resource that I have on my website. So if you go to parentingwithpersonality.com, you can find that guide on my homepage. And there's also a great cheat sheet there if you're trying to calm the chaos of emotional storms there is a cheat sheet there for that as well and i would just open that up to anybody who feels like you could just use something that is a little more practical a little more concrete to either give yourself the tools you might need or help those that are around you and your family in giving you the support that you need. And so you can find me again at parentingwithpersonality.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest as well as Parenting with Personality. And I would just invite any of you that if you wanna just send me an email and just connect with me, you can do that as well. I love connecting with people, visiting with people. We could even set up a phone call and chat if that would help, but that's just Jamie, J-A-M-I, at parentingwithpersonality.com. And I would just invite any of you that just need an ear, feel free to just shoot off an email and I'd love to connect.
0: Oh, that's so awesome of you. Thank you so much for making yourself available that way. And also, I mean, who doesn't love a free
1: resource? <laughs> so right, uh, yeah.
0: So <laughs> sometimes,
1: you'll... especially around the holidays, people are thinking, "Man, we have to be around family. It's going to be so stressful." So whether it's holidays, after holidays, if it's just to get through the new year, whatever it might be, I think some of these tools might really help you feel more effective as a parent.
0: Awesome, awesome. So you guys definitely go to parentingwithpersonality.com. Check out her blog. Uh, There's information there and um, and get in touch with those free resources Jamie mentioned. And so, Jamie, thank you so much for the conversation today. I've really enjoyed it. And I know the listeners are going to as well. And I know that they're going to find this useful. Um, It's been a real blessing. Um, And so I really want to just thank you all. Um, for listening today, uh, to Jamie and I, and um, just want to encourage you as she did to just you know get in the word and and get in prayer and ask God for healing and for wisdom. Um, that's right, just just, yeah, just just for his will to be done in in your child's life, in your family's life, and God will do it, won't he do it?
1: Amen. Um, amen. (laughs) Thanks Uh, for having me, Tanya. I have loved visiting with you anytime. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Yes. And same.
0: Um, All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out this episode for today. I just want to thank everybody for listening and just pray that you have a blessed week. I always come to you guys midweek. So I hope this just kind of gave you a lift and a little bit of encouragement um to just keep going just keep pushing through um and you know just pray God continues to bless you mightily in Jesus name thanks for listening and until next week this is Tonya with the grit and grace podcast bye-bye